Well, when you hear that music, you know it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball. This is Jamie Uretsky coming to you live from Overland Park on a beautiful day. I should be out playing golf, but, you know, it's a little windy, getting ready to go to South Africa. So, hey, I'd rather do a podcast. And some people have been asking, when are you going to do 44? 43 was done quite a while ago. Well, you know, there's not a lot going on in the baseball world. And uh, what has gone on hasn't been the most exciting. So I thought I'd do 44 right before we head to South Africa and start Season 2 with podcast number one of Season 2 from South Africa. Won't that be pretty cool? Yeah, in fact, we expect to uh, have at least one former major leaguer on our podcast along with uh, Bob Solis, good friend who began Open Arms Home for Children, which, as you know, was a favorite place to go in the offseason for Dave Nelson. So, in fact, we're going down to South Africa uh, in a week, and we're going to be dedicating a new building that is being named in honor of and for David Earl Nelson. That is right. Nelly is going to have a a lot of things named for him down at Open Arms, but this will be one of the most important, uh, the funds that were used to buy this facility and renovate the facility were raised last two years in uh, Kohler, Wisconsin and Minneapolis, Minnesota by avid Dave Nelson and Randall McDaniel fans who supported the golf tournament with Nelly in his year after he passed away. And then when the venue shifted to Minneapolis, they supported Randall McDaniel, and who wouldn't support Randall McDaniel? Uh, one of the greatest, he's, he's to football what Nellie was to baseball, except that. <laughs> and God love you, Nellie. I mean, one of the reasons that we do this show is to kind of chat with what would have been a chat with Nellie. Um, and for those of you who are new to the show, uh, David Earl Nelson was one of my all time best friends. He was like family. I knew him 45 years, played for the Rangers and other teams, coached, broadcast, and I won't go through all of his attributes, but he had many, the most of which was the nicest guy on the planet. You could talk to him about anything, and it would be interesting, and when you came away from your conversation with Nelly, you'd think you, were, you and he were best friends. I mean, he had this amazing ability to bond with people, and uh, to care about people and to actually care about what they told him. He listened. Uh, One of those rare people who not only listens, but remembers what you talk about. I mean, incredibly. And it's not like he was a uh, technoid. He would uh, remember it in his old brain. And so, at any rate, Randall McDaniel, when I laugh because... I said they have a lot in common. They're both really nice guys. And uh, let me give another shout-out to a guy that that I met through Dave a long time ago that's never going to listen to this podcast. And maybe uh, because some of you are um, old-time Kansas City Chiefs fans, and yes, sir, we think the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl this year. And why not? They have Patrick Mahomes and the Man is going to get the Chiefs to Miami for some February football. That's a prediction here on uh, the lighter side of baseball, where we're going to be talking a little bit about the wonderful side of Kansas City Chiefs football. But 
The fellow that I'm referring to, his name is Kenny Kramer. He was a nose guard for the Chiefs quite a while ago, and then he went into the restaurant entertainment business, and his nickname was the name of the restaurant, which I think there may still be a name of a restaurant being used today in Kansas City. But anyway, Fuzzy, Fuzzy Kramer was, at that point, a person that I equated to, and I didn't know him very well, but we we hung out a few times, but he was so nice. And then he went into the agency business with Tom Condon, and then they merged with IMG, and they represented every quarterback in the world, and I don't think Fuzzy's still with Condon, but be that as it may, he was, up until the time I met Randall McDaniel, one of the nicest football players in the world. And so <clears throat> Randall, excuse me, would go to the uh, Dave Nelson Golf Tournament up in Kohler, Wisconsin, and from time to time we would begin the festivities at Miller Park, and especially on occasion when the Brewers played the Washington Nationals. And Bob Solis had a son who pitched for the Nationals, Sammy, and uh, so we all went to the game the day before the golf tournament, and I had the good pleasure of sitting next to a really big guy, and that was none other than Randall McDaniel, who I jokingly call Ronald McDonald. But again, we're not sponsored by McDonald, so I probably can't say that name. Be that as it may, Randall McDaniel as nice a guy, and I don't know him very well. I really haven't hung out with him, but on the fun of his face with a rare brief encounter and the fact that he took over the golf tournament after Nellie passed away, uh, you know, a lot in common with Dave. But <laughs> the reason I laugh is because Nellie was in my Hall of Fame, <laughs> but that was the only Hall of Fame I know of. He might have gotten out, out in California in high school. He may have been named to his high school Hall of Fame or Compton College or whatever. And, and, but make no bones about it, Nellie, had he not gotten hurt, in my opinion, would have been a candidate for Hall of Fame. Now, people out there who are wise in baseball statistics go, are you kidding me? But no, Nellie under the tutelage of Whitey Herzog, was coming on strong until he ran into Lenny Randall, and that pretty much curtailed his, his uh, career. But back to Randall McDaniel, and what a great name. I mean, Randall McDaniel is right up there with Ronald McDonald. But Randall McDaniel is in six, and I can't name them all, but on his bio, and when he's introduced, and he acknowledges he is in Six Hall of Fames. That's right. Six Hall of Fames. I mean, these aren't like, you know, the McDaniel Family Hall of Fame. These are like the National Football League Hall of Fame at Canton, Ohio. Randall McDaniel, an offensive guard for the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Randall McDaniel not only is in six Hall of Fames, but during the offseason and before the golf tournament, uh, we were pointed in the direction of an article that, and I can't remember who, who wrote the article, but I mean, he was a noted football analyst, biographer, 
and I'm sure wrote from time to time for some big-time publications, but he picked who he thought were the best at every position over the 100 years of celebration that the NFL is going through now. And, lo and behold, the leading right guard, I believe it's right guard, the left guard is, I mean, it's got to be Jerry Kramer, doesn't it? The right guard was none other than Randall McDaniel made this guy's all-time best at that position. That's pretty good company with Joe Montana or Jerry Rice or whoever was in this article. So that's Randall McDaniel and uh, classy guy. At the golf tournament, I met another classy guy whose name doesn't rhyme. So, you know, he was destined to not make any Hall of Fames, but a super good guy. Alfred Anderson was a... NFC Rookie of the Year way back when, got hurt, played for Bud Grant, and uh, now I keep in touch a little bit, but I got to play with him and my buddies um, at the golf tournament, and one of those buddies, Dougie, uh, was kind enough to uh, do one of the podcasts with me, so I'm, I'm sort of reminiscing over this past year at how much fun I've had doing these podcasts, so let's talk a little bit about the podcast, and the history of this show. This was the first year that we're ending, and, uh, you know, I got to say, the the listening audience has grown by leaps and bounds. It's grown from my granddaughter and a few other friends to th- over a thousand people listen to each one of these podcasts, and in fact, I've had a few people call and write and say, hey, man, what, it was 43 the last, I haven't seen 44. Well, this is 44, and it'll be up, and you know, as you know, we name each episode for a player, and of course, there's only one number 44, and it's not Reggie Jackson. Um, it is none other than Henry Lewis Aaron, and I've got a few Aaron things to talk about, but his record pretty well speaks for itself, but I've got a couple Aaron stories that I'll, I'll cover here in a little bit. Uh, before I do that, reminiscing... Uh, down the road, we started on SoundCloud, and when Tyler, my production manager, would get the uh, technical material up and ready to be loaded into the cloud, the internet, the whatever, um, we chose the first format, the only ones that would take us, and that was SoundCloud. But Tyler would send me a link, and then I'd email to everybody that I wanted to email to that link, and that was a good way for people to be able to listen to the show. And then from week to week to week, we tried to uh, stop bugging people with emails and just say, hey, you know, we're on SoundCloud, and it's uh, on the lighter side of baseball, and you have to search on the lighter side of baseball. If you search Jamie Uretsky, or if you search lighter side of baseball, or if you search baseball's lighter side, if you search anything but the lighter side of baseball, you ain't going to find it on SoundCloud. So that was the dilemma with them. And so we tried and tried and tried to get on the iTunes, Apple Podcast, little purple thing on your, on your phone. Tyler took the lead on that again. And after we got turned down for two or three different times, never knowing really why we were turned down. But middle of the season, we got onto Apple iTunes Podcasts. And that's great because you can go to search, search the lighter side of baseball, 
not on the lighter side of baseball, but the lighter side of baseball for some reason. And uh, comes up, and then it says subscribe, and you hit subscribe, and then uh, you get your checkbook out. No, no, you don't need to get your checkbook out because it's free. And then every time I do one of these, it pops up on Apple iTunes Podcasts. Great. So the people that have that and have subscribed get this automatically. Unless you unsubscribe, which, you know, I'm sure a few of you out there have done. Come on. It's not that hard to listen to an hour of me. But in going back through the podcasts, um, I think most people would agree they're more fun if I have somebody with me. As spectacularly entertaining as I might be, at least to myself, uh, most of the people have commented that they enjoy it more when I have somebody with me. So, uh, I started with Nellie's partner, and I'm going to do a couple more this year. It's just as a question of when we can do it in uh, Milwaukee, because Craig Sean is the pregame and postgame voice of the Milwaukee Brewers and the Milwaukee Bucks. So, as you might imagine, he's got a pretty busy schedule in addition to trailing around trying to check in with his sons that are now in college. So Craig was the first one. I did an interview that I love, and I mean, if anybody can go back and listen to it, if you want to come over to my house, I'll play you a video of it. It's my interview I did in 1986 with Dick Hauser, uh, the manager of the Kansas City Royals, who subsequent to the interview, unfortunately... Uh, got some bad breaks and ultimately uh, passed away with uh, after fighting the good fight with brain cancer. Interestingly, a number of royals had brain cancer and passed away, including uh, the general manager of the uh, of the royals, Joe Burke, uh, Paul, uh, Sp- not Paul Splitterf, but. Split's gone too, uh, Dan Quisenberry, and um, anyway, it's funny, not funny, ha-ha funny, but number of the Royals from the 85 Royals uh, are no longer with us for a lot of different reasons, but um, at any rate, I hate to get into that little morbid segue, but back to the people that did it, I want to thank, you know, uh, not necessarily in the order of how great they were, but in, uh, in, in no order at all. But you guys know who, who did it. You guys know uh, who you were, and we're going to do them again this year because nobody screamed. Uh, the, uh, I did two mics. You know who you guys are. Um, and one was in Hawaii and one wasn't. But we uh, did both of those in Land O'Lakes, Wisconsin, where we're going to do some more. It's very inspirational to do a podcast while you're looking out at a beautiful lake. Uh, Bob Burris. Bob is the, uh, trying to get Bob. I think Bob ought to sponsor this show. Bob has his fruit kebabs or whatever they're called that he sells around town at various sporting venues. So I talked to Bob about that. And uh, then I did uh, did one with um, Andrew about a little sports gambling. My son Andrew uh, did one with um, Greg, my stepson. Mike's my stepson. Uh, I need to... Uh, uh, do one with a couple other of my kids, which we'll do this year. Um, we did one with Dougie out in San Diego, which was fun. 
and uh, Bruce, my buddy Bruce. Uh, all of these guys did great jobs, and I'm sure that uh, I might be leaving one or two out. But by and large, everybody thought, hey, you know, we don't have to listen to you for the whole time, and uh, it was a nice break. So everybody did a really good job, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward again uh, in the next month, some changes on the show, hopefully, uh, we'll have more people on. Hopefully, we'll have a few more uh, guests, and uh, hopefully, we'll have a sponsor just to talk about. And in fact, uh, although it hasn't been reduced to uh, writing or even a handshake, just kind of a yeah, you can do that. My good friend, who is the owner of five different restaurants in Kansas City. Uh, Mr. Euro, I call him uh, Mr. Euro. The restaurant's called Mr. Euro. And um, they have a more official name, which I'll learn if they give me some money to run this show. And then uh, Chris, Mr. Euro, is going to become... So you got Mr. Euro, and he's going to meet Papa Kino. So sometimes I'll call him Papa Euro, just for short. But more news on that later, but... He is opening Papa Kino's in South Overland Park. And I got to tell you, Papa Kino's makes a mean pizza. And I am guaranteeing that Chris's Papa Kino franchise will top them all. Because he's got this little nuance and this love of food and pizza in particular that's going to shine through like nothing else. So I can't wait to have my first... Papa Kino, South Overland Park with uh, my buddy Chris and uh, maybe everybody that we play golf with will come over there. I will say only this because we'll have much more on their menu and the times that they're open, but Papa Kino's has featured slices of pizza that are bigger than your face, and that's how they portray it. So I'm not going to go through any more because the real Papa Kino might try to nail me for uh, royalty usage that was improper. Don't want to do that. I want to stay in good graces and hope to expand to maybe all the Papakinos kicking in a little bit. Maybe do a couple shows from Papakinos, have a little bit of pizza. It's a different kind of pizza. They say it's sort of New York, but it's not really floppy. It's sloppy, but not floppy. <laughs> and uh, it's good. So uh, that'll be fun. So there we go. We've gone for I don't know how many minutes, but we really haven't talked much about baseball. And, you know, in January, with the AFC divisional games coming up this weekend, who wants to talk baseball? Although we'll get to baseball in a little bit. Uh, let's talk a little bit about who the Chiefs are going to take on this weekend. Uh, they are taking on the Tennessee Titans. So you're going to have, and again, remember, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I like the Chiefs. I've lived in Kansas City for umpteen years. I love Mahomes. He he's like Javi Baez in this sense. If if I if I I say this, I'd pay to see Javi Baez play baseball. Well, you know I do. I have season tickets, so I pay. I pay and I pay and I pay. And God love the Cubs, but. If I didn't, I'd pay to see Javi play baseball. The guy can play. He can pick it. You never know what he's going to do. He's exciting, and he's what makes that team go. 
And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll go because they haven't done much in the offseason except they've signed five guys I've never heard of. Now, I, I follow baseball a little bit. I have never heard of the guys they're signing. I mean, I don't know what Theo's doing, but Ricketts has to be happy because these guys are dirt cheap. Meanwhile, across town, on the south side of Chicago, you know that song, uh, Bad, Bad Leroy Brown. Well, Bad, Bad, my buddy Jerry Reinsdorf putting out some money for some big-time baseball on the south side, and he's going to draw, and I'm going to go to these games. I mean, this is exciting what Reinsdorf is doing and his general manager and Kenny Williams is president. But, uh, you know, these guys are really putting together a good team. And if their young pitching comes through, they could they, they have the worst division in baseball. They have to take on the Kansas City uh, Royals who, you know. Now, picture yourself, you're a major league baseball player, and it's January, you're working out hard, you know, because the salaries are so ridiculously good, you know, you can hit 250 and make $5 million a year. So you're working hard, and you're getting ready, and, you know, spring term, yes, you know, the saying that um, everything in spring, you know, blooms eternal, or whatever the saying is, I'll think of the saying. But the point being, everybody has a chance to win, there's nothing like baseball spring training, hope spring's eternal, and you get in and you, uh, you, you think that uh, you gotta, we're going to win the pennant. We've improved our team. You know, the same stuff a lot of teams say. Well, there are a few teams that are striving for mediocrity, and one of them is another team I have season tickets for, the Kansas City Royals. They strive for mediocrity, and after they won the World Series, they have done nothing but do a gigantic baseball belly flop, and it's too bad. Now, contrast that. So if you're a young kid, getting back to my story, and you're even if you're an old veteran and you're getting your bags packed because you're getting ready to go to Florida or Arizona and you're excited about, if you're a royal, what are you excited about, finishing 500? Seriously. You know, they get a new owner. The guy pays a billion bucks. Now, I'm not going to jump on the anti-John Sherman bandwagon yet, but I'm pretty doggone close. Guy spends a B-I-L-L-I-O-N on this outfit, which is not worth a, a billion unless the White Sox are worth $3 billion and the Red Sox are worth $8 billion. Now, maybe they are. But then he has the audacity to say, well, you know, it's a small, small market team and we're going to build... There is no such thing anymore as a small market team. They're all subsidized by this ridiculous Fox contract. And so go out and get somebody. Now, I mean, look at what the Dodgers did as they've tried to win the World Series. They do nothing but add guys to their team trying to move in and out. Like I said before, if you play gin rummy, you don't get your 11 cards throw one down, and then stick with it, hoping somebody fills your hand up. No. You're moving in and out, switching hands, switching cards, throwing this away, hoping to draw a card, playing the odds. Well, that's what you got to do in baseball. You can't just sit like Theo's sitting. you got to do stuff. And so the White Sox are trying, 
And all they have to do is beat out the Twins because the Tigers and the Royals and I'm afraid the Indians ain't going the right way. Now, I'll get to my predictions before we get to spring training. I'm going to predict who I think will be fun to watch and who will not be fun to watch. And then as we get towards the beginning of the season, which <laughs> get your get your warm coats on, baby, because the season's starting in the end of March. Burr, burr, burr. The Cubs are lucky enough to open up at Miller Park. Roof will be closed. It'll be toasty. The game will go on. Then they go home and open at home on, uh, I think, I haven't looked at the calendar today, March 30 friggin' 1st. <laughs> oh, my God. How, fri- how, how brilliant is that? And the White Sox will do the same. So, anyway, back to you're getting ready for spring training. You're getting ready to get all excited. You're pumping iron. You're working out. You're throwing. You're hitting. You're doing whatever. And you got to go to the Royals camp, or you got to go to the Tigers camp, or you got to go to the Rockies camp, or you go to the Diamondbacks camp, and you're going, oh, man, I hope we finish 500. That would really be good if we can do that. But I'm not sure when you look at the Diamondbacks or the Rockies, you got the Dodgers, you got the Giants are improved, and you got my fun pick in the National League West, the San Diego Padres. They've been doing stuff. So who else, if you're in the winning locker room of the 2019 World Series, did they do the Cub flop? Did they do the Red Sox flop? Did they do the, "Ah, we're not going to sign Kimbrell. He's kind of, he wants too much money. We need to take advantage of, you know, to to the victor belongs the spoils. That's the Ricketts theory. Let's just... Hold on, see if we can get these guys through one more pennant, and then they'll be free agents or they'll be gone. And let me say, I've been all over Rizzo and not Anthony Rizzo of Chicago comes stardom and a guy who I think if he has five more good years could be Hall of Fame material. No, no, no. The other Rizzo in Washington who I've been jumping on for how's this guy keep a job? Well, he has lost Harper. He has lost Rendon, but he hasn't lost Strasburg, and he hasn't lost Scherzer, and he hasn't lost uh, Corbin, and he hasn't lost his uh, pitching staff. What did he do? This guy signed every relief pitcher in America that's good. I mean, it's not a guy like Theo's the champion of well he had he had Tommy John surgery a week ago I think he'll be ready to go let's sign him to a one-year contract and when he's ready to take the mound yeah he'll be a free agent which I still can't believe Theo did that but he did um and and so the relievers are have left the Cubs the only bad ones have stayed Morrow signed a minor league contract at least I guess he's I don't want to get into the Cubs. It's too. It's not. Even, it's late in the year, and too uh, much before the baseball season. I'm not going to bag on the Cubs, even though they haven't done a doggone thing. They got tons of money. Uh, on a funny note, you know I love Madden, and so now I'm an Angels fan, and I hope the Angels win the 
American League West, and I'll go see them play the White Sox because that's going to be a really good game. And they're going to be good games at Wrigley, too, because the Reds are better. The Pirates ought to be better. They can't be any worse. The Brewers are okay, and the Cardinals are going to be great. So, you know, go to Wrigley and see some great baseball. At least nine times a year those teams come into play. So that'll be fun. And then you go across town, and finally the White Sox have some stuff. You know, am I a, a big fan of who they signed to catch? Nah, I really, I really don't see that. Um, he can hit, but he can't catch. Grandal, they said in Milwaukee that he was responsible for an increase in their pitching staff's ERA of a full point. The guy's terrible. I mean, he really is terrible. Um, but he can hit, and uh, I'm glad the White Sox have him. I'm glad they kept Abreu. Um, you know, Donaldson's still out there. You never know about Jerry. I mean, he's like, he is the pedal to the metal, the balls to the wall. I mean, he is going uh, full guns to try to get some guys to win that division and more power to him. And, you know, he saved $300 million on not signing Machado. And so, you know, I suggest he put a roof over the ballpark, but he doesn't care about the ballpark because, uh, you know, he doesn't own it. Now, speaking of the ballpark, and another segue, and I love segues, in Illinois, strange as it may be, the stadium, which used to be called well, it was Comiskey Park. They tore that down. They built the cell. And now it's called Guaranteed Rate Field with a big arrow pointing down. And hopefully the White Sox stock is pointing up. But be that as it may, ironically, a fella who Jerry has gone to the mat to keep on the stadium commission, the board of the directors that run the stadium for the state of Illinois, one Manny Sanchez. And so Jerry would always talk about Manny, because one of my friend's daughters marrying Manny's son. Okay, and so that's kind of cool. So my buddy would talk to Manny about me. My buddy would talk to Manny about Reinsdorf, the connection there. And so a couple weeks ago, we all got together and finally met Manny, who I'll see again at the wedding in uh, off-season 2020. What a great guy. He's a hoot. Lawyer. Was in the Marine Corps for a short time. Got NPQ'd out. For you non-military folks, that means not physically qualified. means he had an injury. Couldn't continue with his dream to be a Marine. We all have dreams to be Marines. And, uh, and so uh, uh, we all spent a great night at Las Corollas in Chicago, one of my favorite Italian joints in the city. Uh, another potential sponsor. Boy, that'd be great, because I could talk all night about Las Corollas. What a great place. Anyway, Manny Sanchez, great guy, and I'm looking forward to uh, uh, catching up with Mr. Reinsdorf about Manny. So there's another segue. And where were we? We were talking a little bit about Grandel not being a really great catcher. We were talking about the White Sox. We were talking about the uh, Cubs and the Royals, and we were talking about striving for mediocrity, which seems to be the uh, slogan of a lot of teams. Now, the Nationals, on the other hand, man, oh, man, oh, man. I mean, they have uh, all Strasburg and Scherzer have to do is get through the fifth inning. 
and uh, boom, it'll be off to the races because they got a bunch of good relief pitchers. And uh, one of them that's not on the team anymore is my friend and my friend, my better friend's son, Sammy Solis. Sammy, you know, started last year with the Nationals and was released in spring training, unfortunately. He was drafted right behind Harper, and again, Harper, Rendon gone, but the Nationals have not missed a beat. But back to Sammy, he uh, had surgery on his uh, left arm or shoulder. Not, not another Tommy John. And I'm sure physiologically I'm missing the point, but the, my point is that Sammy's rehabbing and hopefully by May he can start throwing off of a mound and hopefully somebody will sign him because he's a big, hard-thrown lefty. And I hope. He's a good kid. And he's not a kid anymore. But I hope uh, that'll give us somebody else to interview maybe if, uh, you know, we get a chance. So I'm pulling for Sammy. He's a good, good kid, great arm. And I tell his dad, think of Paul Ossenmacher. The dude came in to get lefties out, and that was it. Now you say, hey, but the rules have changed. Yes, they have. No longer will a pitcher be able to come in to get one batter unless it ends the inning. That's the caveat. If the guy comes in and gets the lefty out or the righty, however you want it, the last hitter he faces and the only hitter he faces, if he gets them out, then they can bring in a new pitcher. But he has to face three batters if he doesn't get three outs. So that's one change. Second change is 26 men. They should raise the salary royal, you know, the uh, luxury tax threshold. Because now you got 26 guys instead of 25 guys on the team. So that's going to help some of these borderline free agents like, you know, Addison Russell. Still hadn't signed. And, um, you know, he got a raw deal from the Cubs. I'm sorry. Um He's better than, than that. He wasn't treated very well. And so I don't know what he'll do, but some of you will sign him. They should. They're crazy not to. And then uh, you're going to have uh, a rule where nobody can go in to pitch from the non-pitching staff unless I think there's a 10-run the 10-run rules in effect, which for the Royals should happen quite a bit. Anyway, I think Matheny will be a way bigger boost than, than – uh, my friend Ned Yost, and uh, anyway, enough said on that. So, back to Hank Aaron. Number 44, um, you know, 755 home runs, a great guy. I ran into him a few times with uh, Nelly in Chicago at restaurants. He's just a class act. And I believe I told the story once that, you know, um, it wasn't that cool for Major League players back in the 60s and 70s to ask for autographs from other Major Leaguers. They just didn't think it was cool. Thought it was kind of, you know, goofy. Thought it was for people like me. Let, let Jamie ask for an autograph, you know. I'm too cool. But, you know, some guys did. Some guys got nice collections, but most guys didn't. So at some point, uh, Dave went up, and as his custom was, as I think we've told the Mr. Mantle story a couple times, and he said to Hank, Mr. Aaron, um, I sure would like a bat. 
you know, could you part with a bat? I followed your career. I know you're on the heels of Jackie. And uh, lo and behold, of course, Henry's going to give him a bat. So he gives him a game bat. Ten years go by before Dave... Now, remember, I've worked up all my uh, courage to ask Albie Pearson for an autograph, and he told me to go pound sand. And uh, so Dave asked Henry, and of course Henry is a classier act than Albie, and, uh, and Hank knew Dave, and Albie just thought I was a bratty little nine-year-old. And uh, where Albie wouldn't give me an autograph, Hank signed the bat for Dave, and I have that bat. And in Nellie's Emmy Award-winning uh, radio cast for Fox Sports Midwest, might have been on TV, um, and I'm going to play that. That'll be one of our shows this year because I have the CD. Um, he asked Hank. Hank gave him an autographed bat, and I have it. And it's a it's a masterpiece. It's a spectacular game used bat signed by Henry Aaron. Now, Henry, interestingly, Henry, like a lot of other uh, baseball players in the '50s, played multiple sports. He played basketball. He played football. And he played baseball. But as Real love was with baseball. His real skill was with baseball. I mean, if you had the chance to see Henry play, or Ted, or Willie, or Ernie, see then that that era, you didn't have to, you didn't have to tell their last name. If I said Willie, it was Willie Mays. If I said Ernie, it was Mr. Cub. If I said Hank. It was clearly Hank Aaron, Ted. There ain't no other Ted. It's Ted Williams, Teddy Ballgame, the splendid splinter, Ted Williams, Lou, Lou Gehrig. You go on and on. The Mick, it's Mickey Mantle. Little Louie, it's Louie. You don't need their last names. Nellie, it was Fox. You didn't need their last names. Warren, Spawn and Sane and Pray for Rain. Joe D. It was Dimaggio. All right, so you got the D. You got me. Anyway, nowadays, if you go Bill or Mike or Pete, maybe Javi, maybe Javi gets you there. But I mean, they're too many players. They're not. They're not. They're not stars like these guys were, like Pop Stargell, like like McCovey, like any of these guys, man, that hung out in. Uh, in uh, in their gray flannel uniforms, cool. But anyway, Aaron told his uh, high school principal that he just couldn't be on the football team, and the principal chased him down the hall with his cane, running after Hank, who never came back to that school and didn't graduate from that high school. He found another school that he went to, and he got his high school degree. Then he went with the local Birmingham Black semi-pro baseball team, and from there he went to the Indianapolis Clowns, who may have had a funny name. Everybody loves clowns. It reminds me of Max Patkin, the clown prince of baseball. Uh, for my birthday, my son gave me some of the material that I had given to him <laughs> way back when we had the Omaha Royals. Anyway, I got a nice picture of the clown prince, Max Patkin, signed to Jamie. And, you know, another great collectible in a collection of great collectibles. So anyway, where were we? We were talking about the legendary Hank Aaron 
classy guy. And amazing, you look at his stats, 20 years on the All-Star team. You look at his stats, the number of years he never hit more than 20 home runs. But this guy was more consistent than any other major league player in the history of baseball. None. Zero. You can't have it. I mean, the guy performed, and uh, he got his break. He, his break into the major leagues. This is kind of funny. Uh, remember Russ Hodges, broadcaster for the New York Giants baseball team, with the most famous call in baseball, when Bobby Thompson hit a home run to beat the Dodgers coming back in a three-game playoff, coming back from about 12 games back of first place in the month of September, and the famous call, the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant, Bobby Thompson hit that home run off of Ralph Branca. Who doesn't know that? We all know that. But what most people don't know is Bobby Thompson went on to play for the Boston Braves, hurt his ankle, and who did they call up from the minor leagues after, let's say, Wally Pip Thompson. Everybody knows who Wally Pip is, right? He's the guy that got hurt for the Yankees at first base, and he was one of their studs, but he got replaced by a virtual nobody named Lou Gehrig. And that was the end of Wally Pip. Well, Bobby Thompson didn't fare any better when Henry William Henry... Henry Williams. <laughs> There's a great pianist. Henry Williams. Does anybody know that? Hank Williams. He could sing country music. Anyway, I digressed again. Uh, you had Hank Aaron going forever and ever and ever, and boy, he broke, he broke the Babes record at 714. Hit his home run off Al Downing. Uh, Tommy House, the bullpen catcher for the Braves caught number 714 in his hands. Henry circled the bases despite hundreds and hundreds of death threats because of the color of his skin. So how much has our country changed from when Jackie Robinson broke into baseball until Hank Aaron in the South, in Atlanta, Georgia, hit number 714 with FBI agents guarding his every move and his mother afraid to go to the game for fear that she'd see something horrible happen when Hank hit 714. Luckily, as history shows, nothing happened. He circled the bases, a mob of people. And uh, that was that. Went on to hit more home runs before he got out of baseball. And uh, so... That's a, a great guy to have number 44, and, um, you know, there isn't another 44. It's a great number, a great man, and uh, he's, he's still going. And, in fact, as I said in our last podcast, there's a Hank Aaron Award that was given out at the World Series in Houston, and I thought they could have done a lot more to uh, introduce Henry and show some highlights, but they didn't. Uh, but anyway... Interesting, if you watch the, the video of Aaron hitting 714, Craig Sager, who was a young sportscaster who went on to be, you know, one of the uh, cornerstones of TBS, and he always dressed fashionably incredibly crazy, who just recently passed away. 
but Sager was a young reporter, and he was circling the bases uh, with Henry and got got probably the first interview on the field in the middle of the game. That was very cool. So there are a lot of cool things. Do, will those things ever happen again? I don't think so. I mean, I really don't think so. Uh, maybe, no, never. I mean, now you got nets, so the fans aren't going to rush the field. Um, you know, the Mets had horses lined up with riot gear on their cops, so that's not going to happen. You know, the spontaneous reaction of the fans is going to be, as it should be, confined to the stands and not running on the field. But, I mean, now you'd have to be like World War II when they're climbing climbing down a netting to get off of the uh, uh, landing craft that gets to the beachhead and the Marines are climbing down or climbing up or doing whatever, and uh, it's just not going to happen. Now, if there's another perfect game in a World Series, that would be exciting. But, uh, you know, after the steroid thing, Barry Bonds and others hitting home runs, it's just not the same. I don't know. Um, it just isn't the same. The... Uh, the game has gotten more expensive. Uh, the player salaries have gone up. So ticket prices have gone up. The uh, TV deals have gone up. And the more boring baseball gets, the more people pay to see it. Um, they're going to have to do something, uh, and we'll cover this later as we covered it last year. They're going to have to do something with the speed, the pace of the game. Um, there's a lot of uh, enthusiasm building for RoboCops. Robo umps, and uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But I don't, I don't know. Don't, don't really care. I hearken back to uh, my childhood when I had the good fortune to see those guys playing in flannel uniforms when they, I guess, got on the train and went to their next city. Um, in the next ten years, probably going to see two more teams in expansion. One probably won't be in the United States. You're going to see realignment. You're going to see the um, 32 teams in four eight-team brackets that will be more geographically aligned. And uh, so who knows where we go from there. Um, you got Mike Trout. Uh, you do have some good players. You've got some guys that are um, fun to watch. But uh, there's just something missing. Now, can you say that to the national fans or to the Astro fans, I don't know. I do think some teams have really helped themselves in the offseason, including the San Diego Padres, the California Angels, and the uh, Washington Nationals, and the White Sox. Now, we last talked about the Cubs when I was talking about Joe Madden, who I love. Joe's in California. Gave, I think I talked about this in 43, the same press conference for California as he gave for the Cubs. But what was funny, I was getting to this, and then I got sidetracked, if you can believe that. Madden, for the first time last year, in the new six or eight-story office building that the Cubs have at the corner of, let's see, that would be the corner of Clark and Waveland Avenue, 
Joe had a great restaurant that had pizza, pasta, and pierogies. I'd never had a pierogi before. It was good. And the pizza was good. And the pasta was good. And the restaurant's gone like Joe. Gone. First the chef left. Then Joe got fired by the Cubs. Sort of. If you can say fired. And, and now the restaurant's gone. It's history. Out of, out of there. So is it going to be, you know, Rossi's uh, hangout? Rossi's pasta? Rossi's recipe? Who knows? But I think the best thing the Cubs have done was hire David Ross. I think that's going to be good. I'll take their lineup any day of the year. Put Al Moore on center field. Leave him there. Jay Hay, I love you. Keep improving. Schwarbs, you're a, you're a, you know, you're a mainstay on left field. I mean, you're a DH, but they ain't going to trade for anybody. And you got Bryant, Baez, who knows who at second. We'd need a leadoff hitter, Rizzo, and Contreras. That's great. Then pitching, man, I, I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. Can Lester do it? Can Hendricks do it? You know, I think they got a good team, but boy, it should be nice to get a leadoff man. Tommy Pham would have been nice, but they don't ask me, so I don't tell. Um, other things to talk about, the, um, sp- the spying on the signals is pretty interesting. Now the Red Sox have been nabbed. Now, the one funny thing about all these cheaters is that the guys that benefit from the cheating tend to not stay with that team through their entire career. So the cheaters become the rats, and the rats are singing. That's what fires did, and, you know, God love them. Some people find that courageous. Other people find it ratty. I don't know. I, I, I think the cheaters, now that they're out, if it's condoned by the front office... It's no different than Joe Jackson or Pete Rose. None. They should be banned from baseball, period. They have affected the integrity of the game more than betting. They have infected of the game every bit as much as Joe Jackson hitting over 300 in the World Series where they claim he threw the game because he wasn't getting his fair share from the old Roman. Charles Comiskey. But if the GM of the Astros or the president or whatever you want to call it knew, condoned, passed, saw an email, text, knew what was going on, they should be banned from baseball and their World Series ring should be stripped from their hand and from every other place that memorializes their cheating. World Series. Now, the guys like Gaylord Perry cheat, did Ty Cobb cheat, did all these, you know, baseball is a game where you steal signals, but you steal them with your eyes. You don't steal them with the high-tech video equipment. So they need to do something. Will they? Probably not. It might hurt the gate. It might hurt their contract with Fox. It just isn't going to happen. I mean, they're not going to ban anybody for, for that. They may 
do like they did the Bear in San Francisco and say, you know, you can't go to games until July. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Break my heart. So, I don't know. They got a real problem on their hands with that, and uh, nothing's being done. They got a problem with, and I haven't researched this, but I'm going to take a break from segment one. Segment two is not going to be very long. When I come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about any news on the minor league battle with major league over their very existence. So stay tuned on the lighter side of baseball. We'll be back as soon as I catch my breath, get a little water, and I know this is long, but I'm having a great time. And we're back with uh, segment two, which is going to be the final segment of the uh, of what turns out to be the 2019 season, which has sort of gone over into 2020, and 2020 is going to be a great year. I love even-numbered years. It's an election year. It's a year that maybe the uh, Cubs will play the Royals in the World Series, and uh, maybe um, I'll be eligible for space travel. Uh, I don't think any of those things are likely, but what I do know is that at the end of the 2020 season, the agreement between the minor leagues and the major leagues ends, and the plan has it for the major leagues to cut, eliminate, wipe out 25% of their minor leagues. This is outrageously the most greedy demonstration imaginable by the lords of baseball. This is pathetic. Now, full disclosure, our family owned the Omaha Royals, and it was a great experience. But Rosenblatt Stadium wasn't the greatest place in the world. Uh, The kids that came for the College World Series thought it was. But the lights weren't that great. I mean, the lights in 90% of the minor league facilities aren't like playing at Miller Park. I mean, it's just not. They don't have roofs over their heads, so they're going to get some weather. They don't have great lighting. The, you know, the turf is okay, but it's not like Dodger Stadium, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But the point that the Major League is trying to justify this slaying of 42 teams is that it will improve the quality of the major leaguers and it will accommodate their interest in raising salaries of minor league players. Number one, I got news for you. They ain't raising the salaries very much because they're not in the union and they don't have to. Look at what they pay the coaches. That's all you got to know. I mean, the coaches do it. They love it. But they ain't getting millions of dollars because they don't have a union and they're happy to be there. And if they mouth off, they're gone and the next ex-player will come in. But these minor league facilities may not be spectacular, but they've been playing baseball in them for years. So I'm going to feature at least once a month an update on this ridiculous story about eliminating the minor league teams. Teams, I mean, the teams that they want to eliminate drew over 4 million people last year. It's not like, you know, they're eliminating teams that had 500 people in the stands every game. The New York Penn League, the Penn League has 14 teams. 
It's a sh what's referred to as a short A league. And what that means is that when guys get drafted, they go to one of a couple short A leagues. The proposal eliminates nine of the 14 teams in the New York Penn League. And, you know, baseball, Major League Baseball, Manfred, all those flunkies, they just cavalierly go, yeah, that's the way it goes, you know. Tough, tough uh, petunias for those guys. Not only does it rob kids of playing professional baseball, but it robs the fans and it robs communities. And uh, it, this is the worst example of greed you could ever imagine from these guys. You know, it's bad enough what they charge for a beer, but this is worse. This affects a lot of people. And uh, there are a number of people opposing all of this move, and we'll see where it goes. I predict litigation. I'll donate my time if anybody wants to hire me to assist the team. I'm there. I'm ready. I'll even reactivate my law licenses, which I voluntarily have retired from, and I love it. I don't miss. I get to talk here, and uh, you know, at best, one of you corrects me on something I say. I don't have a jury telling me that uh, uh, my client wins or my client doesn't. Luckily, they won more than they lost, and uh, I had a nice business with very nice clients. Be that as it may, I don't practice law anymore. I just do this podcast, and I love it. So we're going to cover the cheating Red Sox, the cheating Astros. We're going to cover Cheatgate, whatever you want to call it. And we're going to cover the uh, story about uh, eliminating minor league baseball teams a little bit more in depth. Uh, we don't have Harper Machado to laugh at, but, you know, I'm still going to follow those guys and, and uh, see on the dog meter uh, who's the biggest dog. Last year was Harper, you know, and, and as I said, the, the funniest thing about the dog biting man or man biting the dog is that uh, Harper's old boys won the World Series and Harps was back in Philadelphia waiting for his new manager, Joe Chiardi. <laughs> and I mean, you couldn't have, as I've said before, you couldn't have Two different personalities between last year's manager and this year's manager for the Philadelphia Phillies, who, by the way, have made a few good acquisitions, and I think they're going to be a good team. Let's look briefly at uh, some of these divisions. We'll go, um, you know, this off the top without doing much study, but let's take the National League East. The Rays are going to be the Rays. You know, if they can pull off their magic act again, they'll be over 500. The Orioles suck. You can forget about that. Who wants to go to their spring training? Oh my god. They are bad. Their owners should be forced to sell and sell to somebody besides the John Sherman who wants to build from within. You pay a billion dollars, go out and sign Donaldson to play third base. Go out and sign Strasburg to pitch. Get a, Bring a team in. It's not hard. I can take the guys that are still on the block, and I'll do that next time. Still on the block, and I'll come up with a pretty damn good Major League team as opposed to the Royals. Now they got Salvi, Merrifield, and Jorge Soler, and after that, man, I can't name anybody. Uh, Raul Mont 
Mondesi's kid. Yeah. Anyway, sticking with the East, uh, the Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays have improved. The Yankees are friggin' dynamite. I mean, you're not going to beat the Yankees, and they're going to be in the playoffs. And you get the Red Sox that are in a free fall. And, uh, you know, John Henry is a greedy guy and uh, uh, terrible. You got to just get out of the management business and turn it over to somebody. But, you know, you should have brought Dombrowski back. Now, that's the East. The American League West. You got the Angels, the Mariners, the Rangers, all with chances at at least, um, you know, doing better than they had done before. The A's, again, is Billy Bean and Bob Melvin going uh, to make that happen? Uh, you know, they mar- they've very well might. Seattle, who knows? I mean, they just kind of strum along, and um, that's just kind of the way things have gone in the American League West. So I look for the Angels to win. I look for Madden to bring the magic to the West Coast. He can drink his bottle of wine watching the sunset over the ocean. I'm an angel believer, man. I think they need to go out and get one more player. And, uh, man, they got Rendon. They got Trout. Pujols is still around. And they've got uh, the pitching hitter uh, or the hitting pitcher. I mean, I think that's awesome. I love them. Uh, And then, you know, then you got the Astros who are going to be good. So... Would it be fun to go to a game to see the Astros? Yeah. The A's, eh. The Rangers, new ballpark. Got to go see the new ballpark. The Angels, yeah. I don't know. The the Mariners are going to have to do something before I get too excited about them. And then back to the central division of the American League. Uh, The Twins, they really didn't do much. They tried for Donaldson but laid an egg. They got a good team. Cleveland's got a good team. The White Sox are going to win the division. While the Royals and the Tigers go south. Uh, 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 way south. So, sticking with that same order, the National League East. Man, the Braves have some great, great ball players Getting better all the time. And uh, I think they're the odds-on favorite to re-sign Donaldson. So you got them. You got the Nationals that are great and have improved themselves who I used to get all over Rizzo, can't do it anymore. And then you got the Mets and the Phillies. I mean, that, those are all good teams with a chance to win. And then you got the eh, 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 Donnie Baseball and his buddy Jeter running the worst show in sports. Ah, What's wrong with Miami? Their football team sucks, but we'll get into that in a minute. In fact, let's get into it now. Miami... Beats the Patriots, the last game of the year. The Chiefs beat the Chargers, the last game of Phillip Rivers' career. And the Chiefs have home field advantage, get a bye. They're rested. They take on the Titans this weekend. Two o'clock game on Sunday. Titans beat them in week six in Kansas City. But the Chiefs were hurt. They were, they were hurting. They ain't hurting this week. They're all healthy. They're coming back. The Chiefs are nine-point favorites. They're going on to the division champ. And interestingly, in the game at Arrowhead Stadium, the two quarterbacks that could have been taken before 
Bear down, Chicago Bears. Before Mitch Trubisky, yeah, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, they were on the board while the Bears were on the clock. And Ryan Pace, I don't know what he was smoking. It's now legal in Illinois, but back then, it wasn't legal to be smoking. I'm not saying he was smoking dope. Don't get all in a tizzy. But nobody with with 2020 vision would have drafted that guy above Mahomes and Watson. That's all I got to say on that. Go Chiefs. They're going to win. They're going to beat anybody. If the Ravens were to lose this weekend, then the Chiefs get the AFC Championship game right here in River City. Pretty exciting. Um, I won't be here. I'll be in South Africa. And for the... Other teams in that division, for the let's take the West, the Dodgers, they're going to win again. The Diamondbacks, Giants, Colorado. You know, that's the worst. That's the most unexciting division in baseball. There's uh, only four teams. So when there's expansion, oh, you got the Padres, sorry. They have their teams. The... Um, I think the Padres are going to give the Dodgers a run for the money. You never know about the Giants. Um, they don't have Baumgartner anymore. That could help. Uh, interesting deal. Interesting deal. So that's that. Central. Well, you know how I feel about the Central. The um, Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals, and Reds are all good. The Pirates are sucking. So, I mean, you got you got the striving for mediocrity battle between... Pirates, the Marlins, the Orioles, the Tigers, the Royals, the Mariners. Bad, bad, shame on you. They ought to pay their players more. Anyway, let me just check over the script that was prepared by my staff and see what else, if anything, I need to visit with you folks about. I think that the uh, bulk of the information that I wanted to talk about, I've talked about. I think the upcoming season is going to be fun. I am looking forward to trying to do a podcast every week starting in spring training. I'm going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona for spring training. And I guarantee somebody's got to talk to me on my podcast down there. Now, it may not be Hall of Famer Fergie Jenkins, but it might be one of the key players on the 1984 Cubs, Bobby Dunier. We don't know. But I promise you this, I'll try. If I strike out, I strike out. But I'm pretty confident somebody, I ought to run into somebody I know that I can put a microphone in front of and do a little podcasting. And then we're going to have the start of the season and how many opening days we can get to, like last year or at least during the first week. We're going to try to take a trip out to the Nationals to see my new granddaughter. Hoo-hoo. That's going to be exciting. The Cubs and the Nationals play in April. So I hope to take my wife and go out there and uh, see my new granddaughter, Bryn. Bryn Marie. That's going to be fun. And then uh, then we've got the Wisconsin uh, Woodchucks to see and see how they improve. Hopefully the weather will improve the day I'm there. Maybe go to a game in Madison and see if I can't get Craig Kishan to do a few uh, games with me, and maybe this year I'll have more luck talking Mr. Reinsdorf into a short little 
segment on uh, cigars. That would be fun. See if I can get Euchre interested in helping out his old buddy. We're not really buddies, but he knows me. See if you can do that. And then I'll get the guys that helped me before and maybe a few others. And uh, all in all, I'm telling you, 2020 is going to be a hit. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to love it, and you're going to love it, and we're going to have a good time. So until spring training, or maybe a little before spring training, uh, actually maybe from Kumga, South Africa, where I'll be attending Open Arms, a dedication of a building for Dave Nelson, along with uh, former Major Leaguer Rick Waits, pitched for the Rangers, the Indians, and who knows who else will tell us. We'll do a little podcast down there, and we'll come home. We'll get to Scottsdale. We'll get to spring training. We'll get to opening day, the all-star break, the pennant. The, the September is going to be better because there are only 28 men rosters instead of 40. And uh, new rules on the pitching is going to make September baseball better. So there you have it. I'm excited. And I hope that you will catch us on SoundCloud, on Apple, or on our new uh, methodology, whatever you want to call it. We've had it for five months, so it's not new. Spotify. Spotify, Spotify, Spotify. So that's it. From Overland Park, Kansas, Jamie Retzke on the lighter side of baseball. Have a great couple of weeks during the winter, and we will be back to see where the team's rosters are and where we stand with some of these interesting questions like, what food am I going to try this year at baseball games, and will it be better than the French fries at my good friend Mr. Reinstorff's ballpark? That's it. Jamie Resky saying so long.